0: yo
1: good afternoon mr orenstein how are you I'm doing well
0: let's just talk about what we want to talk about you were just saying i wish we could just talk about this but like let's just do it i think we should do some q a of this stuff here but also just let's talk all right it's cool okay
1: we'll just talk well this will be the just talk episode yeah so what's new what's new in your life what's top of
0: mind for you right now top of mind I feel like I'm in a one-on-one
1: that's a good question that I I saw somewhere I like I think it was I saw it as a recommendation for like a one-on-one question like not to ask like what's going on or like how's life or whatever what's top of mind is just like a everyone has like an answer for that there's always like something that's kind of like the thing that you're just kind of thinking about and dealing with most at any given time
0: yeah I like this question too but I ask it slightly differently and I think it, it has like a nice chill vibe too which is I say what are you about these days?
1: I don't think I'd have a good answer for that one. I feel like I yeah. would have to like impress you with that one. But if you asked mm. me what was top of mind, I think I would be able to say like, well, this is some bullshit that I'm like trying to figure out or decision gotcha. I'm trying to make or whatever.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true. One is kinda like, what are you like identifying with? Like and then the other Yeah, it's just yeah like, what you... are
1: you about these days? Well, I'm a I'm a rock climber, you know? Or whatever yeah. the fuck. <laughs> I climbed this
0: morning. I guess I'm about rock climbing currently.
1: Yeah. I took my daughter to the uh, kids' rock climbing place the other day. Uh, it's
0: fine. It's fun. Nice. Do they have those, those like four point kid harness things? They go upper body, lower body things? It's
1: just a one connector thing to the front. Okay. It seems like okay. pretty legit ish for being for five year olds. You know?
0: Do they have any fear of falling off? Or is that an adult thing?
1: Yeah, yeah. But she's pretty good. Like she's done it enough times now that she's kind of like knows that it's safe to jump from the top type of thing you know nice yeah Yeah. I don't know anything about it but it's like vertical walls with a bunch of fucking cartoon shit painted on them and different things to hold on to and climb up and some of them are too hard for her but some of them are fine so
0: nice yeah it's a good time I ordered $3,500 worth of gym equipment the other day okay yeah
1: and where are you gonna put this since you live in an apartment in Boston
0: well I bought a lake house with my family all right (laughs) (laughs) Which is pretty cool. This is actually we were working on this for two years. This we we started in earnest two years ago. So I'm really stoked that we finally did this. But we've been wanting a place where we could go gather as a family. That like mm-hmm. no one fully owned. It wasn't like anybody's house. It was like our house. Um, okay. And and so we actually like purchased it together. It's not just like my place and like they're using it. Um, which is really cool. And we started off. It's pretty hilarious. We started off with this like budget, and the thing we eventually bought was like more than twice as much as the original budget. Yeah,
1: that sounds. <laughs> About no, right,
0: i've yeah. It t- turns out that the the answer to all your problems in real estate is like increase your budget by another hundred k. Sure. If that doesn't work, do it again, and eventually yeah. you'll find the thing you want. Yeah,
1: I guess we could spend that. Yeah. yeah what, if uh, we just, what if we went up a little more amortized over thirty years?
0: Yeah. What Uh, if I change my search criteria to like just bump it up a little bit? Like we wouldn't buy one of these, but let's just like see like what you get. Oh, actually, (laughs) that's really nice.
1: Uh,
0: mm. Uh, Interesting. Okay. Like, what would the payment be on that? That's exciting, though. Oh, it's awesome, dude. I'm loving it. So I I bought it. So is
1: it a lake house in Massachusetts-ish area? Yeah. And or like lake houses. Like here we have cottages. You know, people talk about having a cottage, but a cottage is generally not something you can use in the in the winter it's hard to get to like there's sometimes they don't even have road access like a lot of people have to like park and then take their boat to yeah yeah uh, their cottage stuff like that what's the setup it's a pretty at?
0: legit house it's like a you could live in in the winter it's like got insulation it's pretty big like one of the things we really wanted was three bedrooms that each could have a king bed in it mm-hmm. and then like one for like kids to put a bunch of bunks in and stuff yeah so it's, it's not small, Classic. And it's, but it's about an hour and a half from each of us. It's in a town that no one's heard of because mm-hmm. there's nothing there. It's just like woods and lakes. There's like nothing nice. going on. And so it's super quiet. It uh, has a really nice view. We're like on a, on a lake that's about a mile long, and we can see like about a half a mile down to the lake, which is a really nice, like long Knobly.
1: view. Is it an excuse to become a Starlink customer?
0: huh that's interesting there is i think there's actually like fiber weirdly
1: okay so there you go yeah
0: not sure why but hey um so yeah so it's really exciting i bought it three we closed like uh, about three weeks ago and we've been there like every weekend since then and it just like feels so good i'm just like loving it like spending time with my niece the neighbors are cool it feels very calming and so i'm just i'm having a blast there
1: that's awesome that's uh oh man Maybe I should do that. Catherine has wanted a cottage forever. And I'm always like, I don't want like another place that's like going unmaintained while we're not there that I have to worry about maintaining because I already hate taking care of just our primary residence. Mm. And I always make the argument, well, we can just like rent a place for like two weeks in the summer anytime like we want to, but maybe not really the same.
0: It's not. And so I've done that a lot of the last like maybe five summers. I've rented a lake house for like a week or so. And mm-hmm. it's definitely different. Like, it feels really different. Um, Interesting. Coming back and, like, having everything that you did, like, are, like, still there, and, like, leaving stuff there. And, like, knowing that you're building memories in a place you're going to come back to just feels different. feels really good. Yeah. And I also would have been worried about the maintenance. But, like, my parents are amazing at, main- like, maintaining houses. My dad is, like, insanely handy and, like, loves sure. the stuff. So I have some support there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that simplifies it. Now it's awesome, man. Very exciting stuff
0: yeah i'm trying to like make it really fun to go to so i bought a bunch of rogue fitness stuff like got a rack and a bar and the weights
1: yeah so yeah let's get back to that so what exactly did you buy because i i am a a gear guy so i would like to know the specific model of everything that you got
0: oh really all right let me see did you
1: get the two by three rack, the three by three rack, the three by three rack with the heavier gauge steel, which has like not as good hole spacing as the other ones because the holes have to be bigger and they can't put them as close together? But some people like them being that heavy because they want to be a badass. And what bar did you get? Did you get a bar with a center knurl or not a center knurl? half millimeter or twenty nine millimeter? What was the finish on the bar? Wow. Uh, yeah
0: it's pretty clear i should talk to you before i made this order <laughs>
1: <laughs> what plates did you get did you get bumper plates did you get i did get bumper, bumper plates bumper plates or I, did you I get have one answer <laughs> bumper plates um,
0: uh, all right so i got the r3 power rack
1: okay that's the same one that i have
0: it's part of the infinity series
1: yeah i think that's the best one honestly like then that's the one that's two by three steel which means that the 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 posts that are facing you are two inches wide. It means it's technically not as strong, but you could literally, it's insanely strong. Anything above this is just like a joke. And when you get into like the three by three, it actually means that like you have to be more careful putting the bar in the rack because there's like less wiggle room for it because you've lost like an extra two inches of width, you know? So it's less practical, but some people just want to spend more money for it to seem more tank-like, even though it really truly doesn't need to be. So you made the right decision with the nice with the R3.
0: Okay, good. Um, I'm glad to hear it.
1: it and it's it's the standard R3, like the one that you bolt into the floor, or is it the?
0: It is the one you bolt to the floor, although it's the shorty because our basement or put in the basement, and the basement isn't quite tall enough for the like 93 inch or whatever it is.
1: Uh, that's a bummer basement gyms are unfortunate because you can't do like any overhead pressing or anything like
0: that uh yeah that might be true i'd probably do seated overhead presses
1: yeah did you get an incline bench then
0: i did yes i bought their new i don't know if it's new but i bought their bench which is like the sexiest bench i've ever seen i couldn't believe it
1: i have never owned an incline bench from rogue i uh have their flat bench
0: the rogue adjustable bench 3.0 it's like it's beautiful Somehow, let's see. Uh, Oh, yeah. I can't believe it.
1: The thing to look for with adjustable benches is always the pad gap. And I think this Mm. has probably a pretty good pad gap. So, like when you put it flat, you want it to feel like as functional as a flat bench. Like that's where a lot of incline benches kind of fall down. They might have Mm. like a two inch gap between the seat and the back pad, which means like Uh positioning yourself on it, you got to like really just be in the exact right spot so you don't end up with your ass like in the gap between the yeah. two spots which is kind of annoying hmm. but okay. uh this one looks pretty good looks pretty good
0: it just looks good i'm excited to like lift things on it because it looks amazing mm-hmm. uh, here you go. you there's a very small one inch gap between the seat pad and the back pad
1: yeah so that's not too bad yeah mm-hmm. that sounds good yep very nice but yeah this okay. will be
0: like the most legit home gym setup i've ever created so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited got some kettlebells got the bumper plates
1: yeah so what bar did you get
0: what bar how much
1: research did you put into this stuff or is it just like oh i just you didn't even know that it had to that it was something to think about so it was blissfully ignorant (laughs) you know in a lot of ways
0: uh i like yeah i like kind of would click through a few of them and like look at the basic things and be like this seems right and like made sure it weighed the right amount and was like okay this like they're like this is our works for everything bar so fine Mm -hmm. so what did you get Uh, the ohio bar the
1: standard ohio bar Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's, I believe, a a 28.5 millimeter bar with no center neural, right? That's right. That is correct. So that'll be good if you ever want to practice like Olympic lifting and stuff like that. So you don't Mm. get the center neural scratching up your chest and stuff on cleans. But it does mean that you won't have quite as good grip on your shoulders on back squats as you would with a center neural. So that's the trade off there. Okay. Um, But I lifted. All like my competitive lifting days, where I trained, we used a bar with no center knurl, and it was literally never an issue. And I squatted up to five fifty with that. But I've never owned a bar without a center knurl. Like I've always chosen the bar with a center knurl myself. Mm.
0: Okay, but uh, that'll work. I'm I sure. think it'll work. I'm yeah, I'm not that fancy, you know. I'm, yeah, and I'm it's a like good bar. Getting into it.
1: If I was gonna pick a bar myself, I think I would probably get the Ohio Power Bar. So that one's a 29-millimeter bar, so it's slightly thicker, which means it's a little bit stiffer, Uh. and um, it does have the center neural. And for some reason, I just, like, find – even though it's only a half-millimeter difference in size, it's more comfortable for me on, like, heavy bench pressing and stuff because it's, like, the weight of the bar is, like, spread out over a slightly bigger surface area. And I actually find it nicer for deadlifts, too, even though a lot of people would argue the reverse. Um, It's just, like, for my – Hands being the size they are, it just like fits in them the way that I I want. Interesting, but okay.
0: you can't go that wrong big... with what you got. yeah. So, cool. Well, we'll see. Maybe I'll need to upgrade my bar later. And then, what
1: did you do for the uh, plates?
0: Uh, the bumper plates, Thicko the bumpers.
1: like the big thick ones made from recycled tires, or like the colored ones.
0: Um, plates. Uh, it's the echo bumper plates v2
1: okay yeah so those are the thicker ones they're similar to the bumper plates that i have so that'll be good yeah yeah. i've always wanted kind of competition bumper plates where they're like so high density that they can make them like nice and thin Mm -hmm. but uh, they're so insanely expensive for like literally no benefit at all other than like having like a high-end looking gym
0: (laughs) i looked at those and i was like these are the same weight as the other ones right (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah they're like a little bit more um guaranteed to be like precise yeah the cheaper ones might be like 44.7 pounds instead of 45.0002 pounds or whatever you know yeah we'll call that okay but it'll be good cool and you got some kettlebells and
0: i got some kettlebells i got the like fancier pull-up bar for the top of the rack that has like the neutral grips if you want it
1: yeah like the one that's i think they call it like the monkey bar or something
0: yeah i'll have to like like cut out some up. insulation and in from my ceiling i think to get my face up in there so we'll see how that works
1: something that you can do with that too um that's kind of nice about that one if it's the one i'm thinking of it's is it the one that like angles up like after you install it uh yeah it does so you can install it upside down oh, and nice. um then
0: you have more room for your head automatically okay. that's good to know I, I realized after i ordered i was like oh that might not actually fit with our ceiling but upside down
1: but you're tall too so like you're gonna have to like bend your knees and stuff probably which would be annoying yeah
0: but it's the cost of the basement but what do you still
1: do? though that's sick having a home gym is awesome it's uh it's fun and especially i think having it at the lake house would be kind of cool because it's almost totally. like something to look forward to you know exactly. like you, you're you almost feel compelled to use it because it's like oh i'm not here all the time and this is, yeah i'm here and this is here
0: so this is an intentional choice we're making with things at the lake house is like try to have like fun treats sort of to like make things you can look wanna, forward wanna to go more. Yeah. yeah so like i was like i'm gonna overspend on this like home gym setup and just like buy a bunch of fancy rogue stuff and, mm-hmm. and go nuts
1: yeah very cool that's exciting yeah. is that uh, you haven't taken delivery of it yet i imagine
0: not yet pretty soon yeah. Cool. But yeah so one of my questions on here i was like compiling our q a questions and like this is actually a question i had for you and my question was like what are some strength standards I should be shooting for on the big compound <laughs> things that are like what's what's like will what be sad and embarrassing to be below for me.
1: Okay, so I think like you should be able to squat 315, you know what I mean? That to me is like any human being with testosterone should be able to do that with like sufficient training,
0: you know? For one one rep or for one, five for one
1: for sure. Okay. Yeah. All, right. all all these numbers will be for one. I I, I will say like If you can bench 315, squat 405, and deadlift 500, that's like you're a strong dude. You're not competing in powerlifting winning competitions like strongest in the world strong, but that's like great, you know, Mm. I would say, Mm -hmm. Um, compared to the average Joe. What were those numbers one more time? Bench 315, so three plates. Squat 405, so four plates then mm-hmm. deadlift 500 i would say 495 which is five plates but 49 that's like the most depressing thing about lifting weights is that five plates is five pounds away from 500 pounds you know what i mean yeah. so you just gotta yeah. like throw those two and a on there and get that 500 yeah. okay. 500 pounds that if, if that was like a life goal that that's a sufficient life goal i think um, although mm. it's not unrealistic by any means i think i trained i think it was like two and a half years of training for me to get to that
0: you know mm. Mm-hmm. now as a 40 year old dude who is like trying to do this for like to establish a nice base of strength but i super like value not getting injured like i've not like yeah you know, so
1: i would take one plate off of everything and you're uh-huh. probably past the point of diminishing returns for okay strength so that'd be like a 225 bench um a 315 squat and a mm-hmm. 405 deadlift that's uh definitely past the point of diminishing returns that's heavier than i currently lift at all Mm. you know okay um but in my prime i benched 225 for 20 reps you know and (laughs) nice squatted 315 easily for 20 reps i squatted 405 for 16 i think was like my um best
0: damn so okay
1: it's all all achievable
0: nice i've been um I read Peter Attia's book about longevity and his one of his main points is like if you want to be a fit 70 year old mm-hmm. you have to be a freakishly fit 40 year old. Yeah, cuz everything just deteriorating. Right. It's just a curve that slopes downward as you age.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I wonder what the 80/20 is though because like I think you you see like most of the people that like end up that die effectively because they fell and like cracked their hip. You know, yeah. I wonder yeah. like how strong that person needed to be to have avoided that.
0: Totally. You know? That's a good question. Is
1: it honestly. like not that much actually, you know?
0: Yeah. Because
1: um, most people are just very sedentary, you know, Or or like if they exercise, they're like not doing the right stuff and not realizing it, you know, especially like for aging, you want to be strong, you know, that's like the thing, <laughs> not like totally. You know, playing pickleball or whatever isn't the same as like resistance training for
0: totally. Yeah, basically, uh, it seemed like strength and VO2 max were like sort sure of the top things to be yeah. thinking about because and I like when you look at the charts of like declines by age, like this is when it starts. Like in your 40s, it starts to be like, all right, you had your run, we're done maintaining all yeah, this muscle yeah. mass. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and then like it, it's that steepens in the 50s, and it gets way steeper in 60s, and really steep in 70s. Ugh. But but so i i'm I'm like at the edge of the precipice kind of Mm -hmm. and so i'm like okay let me let me see how much i can build up over the next handful of years to kind of like hopefully have a nice base to (laughs) decline from
1: yeah yeah Yeah. nice cool man yeah that's
0: exciting yeah yeah so we that was connor asked us to nerd out on some of our hobbies so i think that was kind of is that
1: a hobby I, i guess that's a hobby that's um, kind of
0: a hobby. I've been playing pickleball, actually, by the way. Speak of the devil. I've
1: heard pickleball is cool. I uh it's, I've never it's great. played them.
0: I find it really fun. It's like small tennis. It's like yeah. chiller tennis. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's what I've heard. It's kind of like more casual vibes. It's more fun, you know? Uh, yeah. Less yeah.
0: dependent on the serve, so you can't like get served off the court as easily.
1: Is it uh, kind of like easier to get good enough at to play and have fun? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Not like tennis yeah. where it's just like you're just going to miss the ball half of the serves and it's just
0: right. You know. And then you're like running after the balls around the, a giant court and they've rolled really far away. It's
1: yeah, less Yeah. Of yeah. Like less like getting a rally going when you both suck is just like not going to happen Wait. type of thing. Unless you're deliberately yeah, yeah. trying to like help the other person hit it back to you.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah so yeah, yeah, that's, that's been enjoyable that's and cool. there's a, and because it's ch- it's chiller there's like more of a social scene around it like there's just like more of it happening around mm-hmm. there's more leagues yeah, it seems more.
1: like it's like a trendy thing right now so oh
0: it's, yeah it's it's huge it's grown really fast it's everywhere
1: cool. yeah that's been fun hobby wise for me i i'm uh, getting back into playing guitar which kind of started with finally like pulling the trigger on an expensive guitar purchase i've been like trying to convince myself to just buy like a one of my like childhood dream guitars of which there are several, you know, but, uh, I had this like weird, like psychological block in my brain where like, I still see like things that were expensive to me when I was a kid as like too expensive to buy now. Or like they have to be thought about really, really, really hard, even though that's like not, not the case at all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I still have that honestly. Like, so in, in comparison, Two days ago, I bought Taylor Swift tickets for my wife and my daughter, my sister-in-law to go when she's in Toronto next fall. And they're all sold out. So you have to buy them secondhand. So I paid $10,000 for three tickets that aren't even good seats. Like they're good enough that they'll be able to enjoy it, but they're not like great by any means and whatever, you know, that's expensive, but I didn't think about it too much, but I bought this guitar that was like nine grand and I had to think about it for weeks and weeks. And honestly, it's been like two years of just like trying to decide if, if I could justify like spoiling myself, spending, spending that much on an instrument, you know, that's funny. So I bought, um, a Paul Reed Smith custom 24, um, 10 top, which is like the more flashy version with a really fancy figured wood, um, with a piezo system, which lets it kind of simulate an acoustic guitar also. Hmm. so that was uh an exciting purchase and um funny enough i found out like um uh, maybe i shouldn't say this i don't know if there's public information so i won't say anything here but I, I found out some cool things about that company after i after i bought the guitar that i didn't know um interesting from which is kind of neat um okay it's it stirred uh, some fun networking let's put it that way which is cool Nice. so cool. i got that guitar i've been back into playing a bit and now Looking at other guitars, now that I now that I bought oh. it and realized, wait a minute, I don't have any buyers remorse or regret on this at all that I feared I was going to have after buying myself an expensive instrument. It's like I should buy more of these. Um, nice, but yeah, the other things I've been spending a lot of time on lately is uh, minivan purchasing. So that's depressing. <laughs> but uh, well, as so- anyone who listened to two episodes ago knows, like my wife went into labor right at the end of the episode, and then our daughter was born two hours later. So I have three children now, which uh, changes the game in terms of like what you need to transport everyone around. So, mm. yeah, I uh, bought a Kia Carnival, uh, which I'll take delivery on in about a month, which is a big minivan that almost looks like an SUV, um, which was kind of a criteria for my wife being mm. willing to drive it.
0: But I think it'll be yeah.
1: good and, and practical and fit a lot of stuff. And then last night. I uh, I just thought, you know what? I'm going to try and fit all three of the kids' car seats into the back of our Tesla Model Y. Because, like, I hate the fact that even if we're just, like, going out for dinner as a family and don't need all this cargo space, I have to, like, drive a gas-guzzling car, you know? Like, I hate going back to, like, having to think about going to the gas station. There's something so mm. nice about just, like, my tank is always full because my car is always plugged in at home. Mm-hmm. So I got all the seats in, which was really painful. And I don't know if you've ever installed a car seat. Have you ever installed a kid's car seat? No. So it is fucking hard. Okay. It's not, they say like you have to get it tight enough that there's not more than one inch of wiggle room, which is Mm -hmm. like an insane amount of tightness. And the only way to get it tight is to put enough pressure on the seat that it like relieves the pressure on the seatbelt or whatever that you can really get the slack out of it so to do that you have to crawl into the back seat get on top of the car seat wiggle around on it while pulling the strap as hard as you can push one hand up against the roof of the car to try and push the seat down more it's it's a workout man it is awful Mm. Um, so I got all these car seats in anyways and uh, it's way too tight and the kids will be miserable if I put them in there so Today, I just decided to buy a Model X also. (laughs) So, in the last week, I've purchased two new cars now. Um, So, I got the Model X six seater configuration, which has no cargo space, but will be enough to throw a stroller back there, which is the only thing that matters. And all three kids can fit in it comfortably with their car seats. So nice.
0: Is that the one with two people facing? backwards in the back or something or is it all no
1: they all face forward so it's like two captain seats in the middle and then two forward facing seats in the back that are kind of like tucked in a little bit so okay um they're not like directly behind the other seats they're kind of they're a little narrower so they're pulled in so the kids will be able to climb back there and that should be that should be better but i'm i'm very excited about that most because i think i'll be able to get the car like in a couple days and um then i'll be able to fit all the kids in the tesla and i'll have a Fancier Tesla to drive with Falcon Wing doors that probably won't open successfully in my garage, but that's a problem I'll deal with when I have to deal with it. But uh yeah, so that's been my life. Guitars and cars and children yeah. and uh yeah. So Seems like it could be worse. It could it could be worse for sure. Getting a little too excited about buying things lately.
0: Uh <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the- but the thing you said about the guitar where like you like had a block around buying it, do you think it's because you just like had that cached in your head of like $9,000 is too much to spend on a guitar from when you were young?
1: I think so. Yeah. yeah. Because like when I was a kid, it was like 3,500 bucks. Cause the guitar prices have inflated like crazy. And, uh-huh. uh, even then it was like too much, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that's what it is. And I think there's also this element of like when I was young, I was like pretty dumb with money, which I still am now. But thankfully, I just like I'm successful enough that I can afford to be dumb with money. I will recommend mm. that to anyone who's bad with money. Just make more money. That's like oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> the best solution to that problem. But like when I was younger, I remember just like spending like all my money on music equipment and sometimes just being stressed that like I wish I had money left over for like other things and I kind of shouldn't have bought that. Did I really need that? So I think I have this like PTSD of like stress from buying that sort of stuff when I shouldn't have when I was younger and not wanting to like have that feeling again. So to like kind of get over that fear and realize I don't have that problem anymore um, was nice, (laughs) but potentially dangerous also. We'll see.
0: (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Within reason. Yeah,
1: So that's my life update. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I posted on Twitter twice in the last couple of weeks. The first time was right before we recorded. We didn't really give people enough time to, like, provide any questions. But I posted yesterday, too, asking for more questions so we could do, like, a bit of a QA and a episode. Because I, uh, mm-hmm. I always enjoy listening to other podcasts where they take, like, questions, questions from people and sort of just go through a bunch of stuff. So we got a handful of questions here that we can use as kind of jumping off points for some interesting discussions, and maybe we can uh, run through a few of those.
0: Yeah, totally. Where do you want to start? It's funny, because I don't usually enjoy Q&A episodes from other people, so we'll see if people enjoy ours. Okay, all right. I tend to skip those ones, but let's see if we can make it it work. Okay. Um, Somebody, BMAC, was asking, how come you never released a trailer or update for Hackers Inc. on the Art of Product feed? I wasn't aware this podcast existed until now, which is... Yep. That's, that's on me. This, this I think like this is kind of classic for me, unfortunately, which is like, yep, I have meant to do this for a long time and totally should. And will I actually recorded an episode with Aaron Francis that I want to release on the art of product feed. But I was like, Oh, like I want to add a drop in at the beginning and be like, Oh, Hey, here's why I haven't posted in a while. Go check out this other podcast anyway onto the show and so like i'm like just waiting on myself Mm -hmm. to do that and then send it to the editor and post it it's like
1: i think i think the answer to a lot of these types of questions we get these types of questions too with like um our products you know like why haven't you built this thing why haven't you done this why does this work that way why didn't you do this yet is uh people sort of i think often assume that like you've thought about it and you've considered it and decided not to do it for a specific reason when the the reality is most of the time it's like, yep, that's a good idea. That's something I should do. I simply haven't done it though. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the actions totally. just didn't occur yet. <laughs> There's no good yeah. reason other than that. I chose to do different actions with the time that I could have been performing those actions. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to get
0: all of it done. And I didn't quite, this one didn't quite make it to the top of the stack. And so mm-hmm. it hasn't gotten done yeah, yet. Yeah, exactly. I had a coach, an overwatch coach, um, and he was—he un- would like analyze our team's plays. And sometimes he'd be like, okay, are you doing this because you're thinking of this elaborate thing where you're trying to fake them out by acting like you're doing a bad thing? And then you're going to actually change it and do a good thing in a second. And like he would always kind of ascribe too much uh, forethought to what we yeah, were doing. Yeah, yeah. And the answer was, you're I was like, no, too we were just being dumb. Here, you know yeah, I mean? no. It's like, no,
1: I heard someone shooting over there. So I ran over there. By and, myself uh, to get killed. <laughs> yeah. I was just like,
0: it seemed exciting. I pressed W until I found five people around the corner and then I died. Like, uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm like a dog chasing cars sometimes. You know, it's uh, yeah.
0: So, me not posting on the artist product feed is not a well thought through strategic analysis of all my to dos in order of priority and then it hasn't made it to the top of that. Exactly more like just other stuff kind of happened but mm-hmm. not saying it's a great way to go through life but it's, that's kind of what happened but it's a good idea it's a good idea um yeah i'm gonna try to get that out eventually i should probably do it for full stack radio too maybe oh yeah yeah, yeah. i have a i have a cue for you as well people would
1: be excited if they saw a full stack radio thing pop up in their podcast player and they'd be very disappointed when it's not a real episode probably hey i started mm. a podcast where we don't talk about code really do you want to go listen to that mm. Uh, yeah. Well, you're writing yeah. more code now, though. Seems I am like writing more code, but I don't think you want to talk to me about
0: it. So. so. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Probably but we not. could, I mean,
1: we could talk about the decisions to write more code. That's kind of what we talk about on this podcast, not about the code that's being written, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, questions, questions. That wasn't a real question that you picked right there, really. Not exactly. But it's a good first one. Okay uh you want to pick one okay um josh como asked what's something you would do differently if you were starting your business today in the current environment with everything you've learned what did you spend too much or too little time on so i'll answer this first maybe i don't have like i haven't thought about these questions deeply so a lot of this is just like thinking as i go but i'll say like the one thing that i think like the biggest mistake that we made at the beginning was just, I think we approached hiring very incorrectly. And I think I've talked about this on the show before, but my instinct at the time when we started the company and we realized, you know what? I need help was to like hire people to help with the things that I was doing a lot of, or that I felt like the company needed the things that felt core to the company. So hire people, to program, hire people, to design, um, hire people to do more of the things that we do that make money type of thing. Mm. Um, And what we didn't hire for was like, didn't hire someone to like do customer support, didn't hire someone to like, stay on top of our books or our accounting didn't hire someone to just take admin tasks off our plate that were getting in in the way of being able to get the work done. And it all worked out. You know what I mean? And I think we made some good hires that do like a lot of good stuff for us. But what happened is it's like, all the programming got taken off my plate. And I ended up just like being handling all the admin stuff so everyone else could do the work. Since then, we've done more of the opposite type of stuff. Like I have like a VA now. We have someone who's like a part-time operations support person who handles a lot of that side of things. And now I have like more time to like work on the product, which I'm a lot happier doing that than I I was doing the other stuff. So that's something that I would do differently than I did. I, I would have focused on like hiring to unblock me rather than like hiring for like what the business, I wouldn't hire for the core of the business. I would hire for the things that are the same in every business, sort of things that get in the way of working on on the core of the business. Uh, I'll th- yeah. i try and think of some more. But do you have any things that you can think of that um, that you would do differently?
0: Yeah, we we hired pretty late, so like okay. as COVID hit uh, and we had a lot more customers, it almost wasn't even COVID related we really like threw ourselves into this new world where it wasn't web programming anymore and it was C++ and real time stuff and Mm -hmm. just complicated. And we made it work, but um, we waited a long time before bringing in somebody that had chops in those areas. And um, Spencer bore our CTO bore bore the brunt of that. And, I think we, like we kind of ignored the warning signs of, like, this is too much work for any one person. And, like, we're kind of also, like, accumulating tech debt at a scary pace. Sure. Um, and so, like, when we did finally fi- add a experienced C++ person to the team who was very senior, it was, like, such a positive change for Spencer's mental health and, like, the, the health of the code base that that felt in retrospect, like, oh, man, we should have we pushed on this earlier we had this thing in our head of like nah it's just gonna be the founders for a long time like we're just like can we get to like this revenue milestone and just like just the three of us and I think there's some some of that makes sense it's certainly possible to sort of overhire or hire too fast and all that so I think there's it it maybe makes sense to err on the side of hiring a little bit late but I would try to pay more attention to how's everybody doing are we okay with this is is this the set of trade-offs we want to make and and hire a little bit earlier Mm-hmm. I think I also just didn't viscerally appreciate how good it could be to add a really good person to the team. Yeah. Like I, I, I like understood that intellectually. i be like, yeah, yeah, totally. A good person on the team. That's Yeah, then, then good things happen. But I didn't really appreciate what it would feel like and how much like, oh, this can have a big impact and feel really good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, there's a lot of things in life where I feel like the benefits can be described to you, but you can't appreciate them until you have them. Like a really dumb example is like something as stupid as AirPods. You know, <laughs> I didn't like realize how much more convenient or you know, it sounds dumb to say, but life changing it would feel to have like wireless headphones with me in my pocket at all times. Like, yeah, wireless headphones are good, and I can't articulate what's so much better about it, but once you have it, you have it. And going back to our earlier conversation, this is like something people tell me constantly about sliding doors on minivans. Like, I'm like, I guess that sounds better, but I, I'm, I'm I'm also just choosing to like believe with blind faith that when I have a car with sliding (laughs) doors, I'm going to feel the same way that those people feel, you know what I mean? It's just like, this is amazing, you know, but I couldn't explain to you why yet, you know, I can explain some small things that sound better, but it sounds like it's life-changing in a way that can't be articulated you know <laughs> and i think like a, yeah. i think that's true for a lot of things so hiring definitely a big mm-hmm. one for sure that's more yeah. serious and not superficial and materialistic like car doors and headphones
0: yeah yep.
1: i can't think of really anything else that i would do differently and i think like the meta discussion on that is like maybe i can't um say like if doing anything differently would have like led to the same outcomes you know what i mean this is something i'm always careful about when i'm giving advice like this is what i would do if i was starting a business again but it's not what i did the first time Like how do i know that's going to work out better you know what i mean than what i actually yeah, did. yeah
0: totally totally um yeah a f- different phrasing of this that maybe is useful is kind of like what would i do if i were starting a new business as opposed to like trying to make the same business successful mm-hmm. like for me i think the next thing i start will be like a sort of vehemently in person yeah like I just am better in person. I'm like too social and like too socially affected to like be as good as I can be working remotely. Yeah. Um, So whatever next thing happens in some future will uh, not be not be remote. Yeah, that's cool.
1: I like the idea of that, but I also don't know with certainty that it would be better. I think I would be curious to do it as an experiment. I think a lot about how cool it would be to have like a Tailwind Labs HQ where there's like a place Mm. that we can go where we have, like, a room set up just for recording YouTube videos that's, like, always ready to go and looks great. And we have, like, an office gym, you know, where, like, mm-hmm. you can uh, go lift weights or whatever and take a break. Like, Steve used to come over to my house twice a week, and we'd, like, lift weights and talk, shop, you know, strategy. Right. And that was yep. awesome, you know, but it's also a pain in the ass because he lives half an hour away. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't know that I would necessarily do that differently for sure, but uh, I get it. That's cool thought
0: i also just i respond to like uh what other people are doing pretty well like if anyone's like hey you want to go to the gym i'll be like yeah sure or like you want to go to yoga I'm like yeah and then when i look and, and when work when i see like other people working i'm like all right i'll work but when it's just like just me in my apartment i have like much more trouble like staying focused mm-hmm. and being like all right let me tackle this task i don't really want to tackle yeah. Versus when I see other people doing it, I'm like, all right, we're doing the thing now. I'll just also yeah. do it. Uh, I,
1: I'm the same way. And that's why I kind of like pairing with people on literally every, any task. I don't care yeah. if it doesn't even same. add value other than like providing focus.
0: That's my workaround is, yeah, yeah. just pairing more with folks. The second
1: half of, half of this question maybe is another way to think about it. Like, what did you spend too much or too little time on? Do you have any answers for that? mm the best answer I have is like not really business related, but maybe like kind of more product development related. And this is something I have to keep relearning, which is that just like, I think I've often spent too much time like planning a project instead of just like doing it with no plan and just learning and getting clarity on what I should actually be doing by like trying to do it. So like when we Hmm. built tailwind UI It felt like this big, ambitious thing where we had to really figure out, okay, what are all the components it should have? What should the aesthetic be? How do we make the aesthetic consistent from thing to thing to thing? And we thought about it for a long time and kind of organized it for months and then started building it. And then two months into building it, had learned a lot of things and deleted everything and started again, you know? And it would have been faster to just like start building it all with no plan. With the only plan being like, the third time we build this is going to be the real product and let's just like build it now and see what we end up with, knowing that we're going to throw it away basically, or like expecting to throw it away and not feeling like that's going to be waste because like history has shown that no matter how much I like try to figure something out ahead of time, like it's not till you actually start doing it that you really know what you need to do. And uh, what do people call this? They talk about it kind of being like, is that, is it like, like action oriented or something. That's, I feel like I've heard, like there's a term that people throw around for, mm. for this sort of thing, but just like start, you know, don't plan. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I liked your bit about like starting with prototypes as opposed to like, explore this thing. Consider this. Think about this. It's like, no, build a little thing, build a small version of it. Yeah. I thought that was yep. good. Yeah. Take yeah.
1: Do you sounded like you were about to have an
0: answer? Yeah. Too little time on maybe, Investigating the customers where it wasn't working. Like I think we sort of were like, let's let's just focus on the people who are having success, who like the thing, and I think we sort of ignored a little bit the places where like it wasn't quite clicking, and like Mm -hmm. digging into why that was and what we needed to do to change that. And I think that's changing now. We're starting to pay more attention to this, Um, but like, it's in subscription businesses, it's the churn that kills you. Yeah. And when you're growing. When you're adding a lot in the top of funnel, when you have a lot of expansion, it, 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 you can get away with a bunch of churn, but eventually, like it's it catches up with you because it's always a percentage of your total customer base. Sure. And so like you always hit that steady state. Um, if you don't work on you know if, if things aren't changing, and so I think we had a period of not really worrying too much about it because everything was else was growing really fast, and it's become more and more of an issue. And it's like okay, I, I wish we had been paying more attention to this and being like more. Yeah, more vigilant. Of like, what's going on when it doesn't work? What is what is it that's missing? What's happening here? Like, digging into that and trying to fix it. Mm-hmm. Good answer. Jason Cohen, to his credit, has been yelling at me about this for a while. So, as <laughs> of always, course. Jason was right. What would
1: Jason do? Yeah, um, we also got like another question that's kind of like the reverse of this. Um, I don't know if that's uh, worth going into, but like, what would you have done the same um, if you were starting a business today? <laughs> I think like the I could you know, there's a million things we could talk about. If I was going to pick just like one standout thing, it would just be um, start with small products and that I can snowball up into like enough capital that I can afford to do the bigger thing and be self-funded. You know what I mean? I, I, Mm -hmm. I, when I look back, the fact that I did like a book that I wrote in like nine weeks or something like that, then like a course that took way too long, but didn't, shouldn't have taken as long as it did. And then a book with Steve that did like really well. You know, those were like all these wins that kept like piling up a big pile of cash, basically, that we could use to like fund the working on on the bigger thing. And uh, I, I think that worked really, really well. You know, looking back, like the fact that it never felt like I was ever taking any big risks because like I did the first book in my evenings and weekends and then that Paid all the bills while I worked on the next thing, and that paid, and then that paid all the bills while I worked on the next thing. It just, uh, I don't know. I felt like I, I've never really experienced like a lot of the financial stress of running out of runway and stuff that a lot of people like talk about in the businesses that that they're trying to get off the ground. And I think the reason for it is because of the way that we kind of snowballed those successes, you know. Um, so I definitely you know look back um (laughs) and i'm grateful with the approach that we took there and how it kind of helped avoid a lot of the issues that i think some people run into Mm. with their stuff
0: Mm. if i did it again i would make sure to get really lucky again yes and have like our our customer base expand
1: you would would make sure to leak a coronavirus from a laboratory in china just like you did the first time
0: I would make sure to dramatically change the landscape of the world in, directly in our favor <laughs> so, like about a year after launching. Oh, man. That, that that event, like, uh, I feel like this is, like, one of the things that, ha- like, that encourages, like, my, like, imposter syndrome feeling is, like, that fact that, like, that helped the business so much. It's like, oh, you just got lucky, bro. Like, you just had, like, you were in an okay place and, like, figured out some stuff. It's like, I know it's not fully true, but this definitely contributes to, like, I've benefited so much from the macro trends. It's like, how much how where would we be if that hadn't happened like i don't know it's
1: yeah i know what you mean it's uh it sucks to have a good reason not to be able to take credit for your own success you know <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs>
0: i'm like i mean i'm glad it was successful i'd rather have the success than not but there's this part of me which is like what if we hadn't had that huge tailwind
1: but am i qualified to give advice uh exactly I don't know. <laughs> yeah
0: totally <laughs> That's, and that's how I feel every time I'm giving advice and like I've tried I try to caveat it you know aggressively these days in particular, um, so I don't feel too too high on my own supply, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. Should I give advice? I don't know. That, I, my advice is you know get lucky, <laughs> yeah. Do do good, but then also get lucky. Like I I I real I, I know, I'm exaggerating. I know like we did some good stuff like, there. People like the product. There's good things about the product.
1: But that was totally out of your control and it majorly totally. benefited you. So it's like... Yeah. That huge is multiplier. Like, yeah. A variable I did not control. And uh, yeah, for sure. What do you want to do next here? Got a couple more. Let's
0: try... Hmm, let's try ideal employee. What does your ideal employee look like? How do they act? Take initiative... I'm employed at a small bootstrap software company and I'd love to learn how to lead up more effectively from Eric Stoutenberg.
1: If I had to distill like a lot of this stuff into like one thing and we can try and give some examples of this maybe, but it's like act like it's your business, you know? Mm. Um, I find that to be like a clarifying thought a lot of the time. Like, um, okay, so you need to like respond to like some customer Support thing, and if it was your company and like your reputation on the line, how would that influence like how you would handle this problem? You know what I mean. Um, that's one thing that I value, at least.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hear that. I mean, first of all, Eric, the fact that you're asking this is like a, I I think, is a great question, and I I think like is like kind of a a very good sign. Like thinking about the like. This is going to, you're going to do a good job just by caring about this and thinking about it.
1: Dude. It's so many people have the exact opposite attitude. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I don't want to like rant about this cause it's like sort of thing you never want to rant about on Twitter, but maybe you can safely rant about on podcasts. But like my perspective on things has changed so much since becoming an employer of people. Um, you see like so much like entitlement sometimes in the way people talk about like their jobs and stuff that I don't think is, is deserved. And like, that's like a really toxic trait that would like scare me off of like hiring basically anyone. So the fact that anyone even cares about like showing up and trying to like deliver value for the person who like chose to give them money for, in exchange for that value, you know, is huge. Um, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: cool. Yeah. So like a plus attitude in this question, um, I have a couple of things I jotted down that I think, yeah, let's go. You could do, uh, and these are things that I, I have value and like I've experienced in people we've hired that I value a lot. One is being super direct and like saying the hard truths and giving like hard feedback. Like this is a thing that I like really appreciate about Steven is like, he will tell me like when I have disappointed him or like when I'm doing a shitty job. Mm-hmm. And like someone who's willing to say that to like one of the owners of the company is really valuable and really rare. And like this, this is kind of a me thing because I value feedback so much. So maybe this, this doesn't work generally, but I think it might like being willing to call bullshit when you see it. I think it's like super valuable. Um, doing what you say you're going to do almost all the time. It is crazy that like like just like literally being like if, if like oh if you say you're going to do it it's going to happen or you're going to tell people that like you're not going to do it like but you're going to like not drop the commitment mm-hmm. uh if you can hit like you know 90 plus percent on that that's like top tier to me like developing that sense of trust in someone getting the thing done um also proposing and leading projects like being like this thing should happen and i'm down to do it I think is a kind of a rare combo is a lot of like people sort of like say like this thing is broken. Like that's, that's kind of helpful. That is feedback actually. That's like not non helpful. Yeah. Um, but saying like this thing is broken. I think we should do this to fix it. I'm happy to start it. If people are cool with that, yeah. is like, Oh my God, that is now you're talking. Yeah.
1: I agree. Dude. That's like, uh, it's a subtle thing, but like something that I think is not clear until you like own a company or run a team Is like just presenting problems is like frustrating uh, to deal
0: with. Yeah. There's
1: so many problems. Like problems with solutions, good. Yeah. And and problems with a recommended solution, even better than like a problem with like, here's like some ways we could solve this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's good. Or that's better than just saying there's a problem. But I think the best way to solve this is to do this. This is the downside but i think it's the best of the potential solutions or whatever you know that Mm. is like anything that like reduces my own decision fatigue you know what i mean because i think that's the thing that you appreciate as like you start to learn as a leader is that like your number one job is like making decisions and you make so many decisions all the time and it's exhausting and um yeah and if you can find a way to like take some decision making kind of drain off of um the person that you work for it's hugely appreciated
0: totally there's a very specific tactic in this that i like a lot which is um there's this problem uh unless i hear from someone by this date i'm going to do this Mm -hmm. i love that kind of email it's just like oh okay if i'm cool with this i don't even i just archive next yeah 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 i love they talk
1: about that in this book um turn the ship around have you heard of this book yeah Uh, the the main takeaway for me from that book was like Uh, this guy is like a Navy commander or whatever. And he's trying to like basically turn around the performance of this, like this like ship that he runs submarine. And um, everyone was always saying, you know, is it okay if I do this? Is it okay if I do this? Is it okay if I do this? And he got everyone to switch over to like, just tell me what you intend to do and I'll stop you if you shouldn't. But otherwise I won't do anything. You know what I mean? So it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. There's like, an issue with this engine in this room i intend to like turn off the power over here so we can re- replace this part you know thanks good to know you know what i mean uh, not like what should we do or is it okay if i do this or you know it's just uh it's subtle but you know it's nice to be able to just like i'll stop it or inject myself into the decision give me like an opportunity to do that if it's like serious enough but like the default is like you will do it you know, yep. real nice for
0: sure. Totally. I love that. And most of the time, like things can get cleaned up. So it's like, even if I missed the email and you did a thing that I would have done differently, like it's probably fine anyway. Like a lot of times just having it done is worth more than like doing it the way I think maybe is the optimal way to do it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it doesn't actually matter that much. And like progress is often like the most valuable thing. Yeah. versus like perfection.
1: Um, trying to think if there's like there's anything else like something i value is just like people trying to see the bigger picture it's hard to like really give a specific examples of it but sometimes it's like really easy to get like stuck into like th- the technical details of like a-, a problem and not like think about if there's like a way to solve a problem without even writing a line of code or something you know what i mean like think from like first mm-hmm. principles like what problems trying to be solved and make sure that like You're looking for ways to, like, make work disappear rather than, like, come up with a solution to the problem, like, or, like, write code to solve a problem a lot of the time. I think that can be good. And, like, another trap that I think I see people fall into a lot that I appreciate when people manage to avoid is, like, always comparing, like, whatever thing we're going to do to improve something to, like, how things are now, and not to like the perfect solution, a lot of time it's like, okay, well, we could do this, but it still won't solve x, y, and z, so hmm, should we do that, should we not do it? It's like, well, is it strictly in every dimension better than what's currently in place then yes, we should do that, you know what I mean like it, <laughs> if it's mm-hmm. not worse, then we then we should do it, but it's easy to like fall into this trap of like, oh well, it doesn't solve x, y z like like trying to be pragmatic and recognizing that like. Not everything is worth an infinite amount of time. You know what I mean. E- even just like thinking about that, like time is is a consumable thing. You know, and we only have so so much of it. How do we avoid spending it on the wrong things?
0: Want to do another one? Sure. I kind of like this one. How often do either of you reflect on how far you've come, and then how much do you stress about what's yet to come? From Liam Smith.
1: Interesting one. Um, do you have any thoughts? Do you want to start? Do you want me to start?
0: Yeah. Um I don't think I reflect enough on how far we've come. And I think this is a theme. I, I know this is a this is a challenge. I think it's a challenge for a lot of people. It's hard to just sort of sit there and appreciate. Agree. You know, and like and just be like, man, these are the reasons life is good. Like when I wake up in the morning, I'm not like, man, life is good for these reasons. I'm like, okay, I have to do this today and then this today. And like I'm a little, uh, I'm like, I woke up at three in the morning, kind of stressed about this thing. And what's the answer there? Yeah. It's really hard to just sit there and have gratitude for like what's happened so far. But I also feel like that's the right move. Like, like doing this infrequently seems wrong. And like, like, yeah. I know you have do, you've done some gratitude journaling as part of like your like uh fitnessy thing.
1: Yeah. I was going to say like, that's actually been like big time helpful. It's like a, every single day I have to write down like three things that I'm grateful for that day. And a lot of the time there's something in there that's like about like something I never appreciate that I should appreciate is that like, yes, we have a lot of like problems to solve at our company. Revenue isn't one of those problems, you know, that's Mm -hmm. like nice, you know, Mm -hmm. most people's businesses have really driven by that sort of thing. How do we close more deals? How do we like, find more customers how do do we do whatever like that's not a problem that we have and the things that aren't problems like you don't notice a lot of times so being forced to like think about them um Mm -hmm. is is really just healthy i think for sure yeah Um,
0: another question that is on here is like someone someone says like you both accomplished the bootstrappers dream mm -hmm. and i was like wow did we that's so uh, that's interesting like i often feel like It's other people who remind me of like how good the thing we've done is, which is really interesting.
1: I agree. Yeah. I was just talking to Peter the other day who like does our show notes and stuff and does customer support for us. And we're talking about just like business ideas and stuff. And I said, like, who has like the ideal business? Do you think? You know what I mean? And he was like, "Uh, you. (laughs) And I was like, huh? Hmm. Maybe you're right. 'Cause this was right <laughs> right after he was like venting to me about like he had some issues with his like Q server and stuff and it happened like right during dinner time and he's like a solo founder on an app. So he's like gotta leave the dinner table and leave his like wife with their two kids while he's trying to like figure out how to fix this issue on like a Friday night during dinner time and it's just like so frustrating, you know? And it's like hmm. we don't have our business doesn't even have that element to it. Like yes mm-hmm. like tailwind I could go down it would not be an emergency for our customers really you know not the same way like stripe going down would be or convert going down would be like we we host a bunch of templates and stuff but it's a very simple compared to most real SaaS businesses totally and we don't have churn you know that's not a thing <laughs> um right.
0: You know, and like I know you have customer service stuff you you claim to at least, but I feel like comparatively you must have almost none.
1: It's not a lot. It's a part-time job for one person. You know. Yeah. So.
0: Yep. So yeah. So it's. I guess the answer to how how often is like not often enough. Uh, it's a goal to reflect more and like appreciate that. I would say. Yeah. How much do I stress about what's yet to come? A, g- a good bit. A good Many bit. times so per day. Of, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's. I mean, it's pretty. It's kind of constant. Um, I feel like I'm sort of always thinking about what's to come and like as soon as we ship a feature or fix a problem or like accomplish a thing, it's kind of like, okay, oh yeah, okay. and the next, next thing is what? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, but I, I do feel like this is like a, I think this is like a skill. I think this is less of like a f- philosophy or something. And it's more like a thing you could get better at. And so I'd like to get better at this.
1: I agree. Like on, on the other side of it, like how much you stress about what's to come. Like I think someone who I think is good at this, based on like and has written some things that i found helpful is of course jason cohen our 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 bestie um but he Mm -hmm. talks a lot about stuff like yes there will always be things that are crucial that need to get done that you don't have time to do you need to just become at peace with this basically you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um just like learn to accept that and that like actually like no one's dying you know what i mean like nothing truly horrible is happening as a as a result like it actually is okay even if it feels like this has to get done this has to get this it doesn't actually and the reason that you know that it doesn't is because it isn't and it can't and things still work you know (laughs) yeah yeah i think almost everyone would agree that they have a an unbalanced relationship between worrying about what's next and appreciating where you are
0: i think so i think that's kind of built into our genes you know like we're these replication machines and it's there's not a lot of evolutionary fitness and sitting around and being grateful for what you already have right
1: yeah yep
0: you're gonna do better if you're constantly striving and never satisfied and all that from a like reproduction Mm -hmm. perspective but if we're trying to be uh happy people out here not the best
1: uh do you want to do another one
0: or you want to wrap up how how, are you feeling i'm good just an hour yeah
1: i'll do i'll do more i'll do less i'll do uh i'll do whatever we have it on the calendar for 10 more minutes so if we wanted to do 10 more minutes we could do
0: all right let's do 10 more minutes
1: aaron francis asked like what was your biggest change in net happiness while running your business which is like a very hard question but i'm just curious if you have any answer to this at all
0: hmm. <laughs> well he just asked for change in happiness yeah, well,
1: I mean that's an interesting element of the whole thing too.
0: <laughs> yeah, not like what was your happiest increase or your biggest increase?
1: Yeah, like not like what was the milestone where it's like, oh, everything, everything's
0: peachy now or whatever. Yeah, I can think I a couple of things. The thing that jumps to mind first, honestly, was a decrease in happiness. Getting mm-hmm. back to that bias there, but it was it was when Spencer moved away, co-founder uh, yeah. Spencer. Like I, I like I said, I like the in-person time. I love working together with people and uh, Spencer's family has been going to this island off the coast of Maine for like a 100 years or something and this property came for sale this like incredible oceanfront thing, a house that he, his family has connections with that was meaningful to him and he's like I have to buy this house and so he did and he moved up there and uh, spent an increasing portion of his time there uh, and like I'm super happy for him from like a like life fulfillment point of view mm-hmm. but going from like the three of us are all in the, like Joel's second bedroom, you know, like us against the world and like oh maybe we have like a remote person or two to like suddenly like the company is now like fully like it's like is like truly distributed. Like yeah. now the leadership team is split up, like the C-levels are in different places. We had to become like a remote company in like a real way, like you know, processes needed to happen and but but more sort of more importantly just like socially it was just a different vibe. And my thing in life is like I love really close in-person relationships with people. Like I like building containers and like filling them with awesome people and like just every time I have like a container that gets fractured, I it like, it really is very destabilizing for me. So I think that's probably the biggest, like that was like a big blow. That was like very, that was tough for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Can you think of any pivotal moments where there was an increase in happiness?
0: Um, hiring a really good like details person like steven was really big that Mm -hmm. felt like i had the sense of like okay cool we have added a really critical skill set to the company and i felt like i could offload a bunch of things that i was not good at to him and that was like again that visceral like oh my gosh like you can have a it can be really big to hire the right person i think that was probably a big happiness increaser um someone asked something like Andrew Bass is it as fun as the early days I think the early days were probably kind of the most fun I don't think there's been like a huge step up in happiness for me personally like the, the like the company's gotten bigger the revenue's gotten bigger more customers all this stuff and like that was all like fun and, and exciting but like honestly when it was just like like we were in scrappy mode and like someone would sign up and we would make an extra 300 MRR and I'd be like oh my god like they're they're trial converted and they're happy and like yeah. the earliest things were kind of like I think the biggest net change in happiness was like was starting It was like, all right, I'm doing it. I quit my job. Here we go. And then like, okay, it's starting to work. We're starting to sell it. We're starting to get like, oh my gosh, we crossed 10K MRR. Oh my gosh, we have 10K each MRR. Like we're now like ramen profitable. We don't have to like go get jobs. Like I think it was all in the kind of the first year, maybe, uh, where like the biggest like changes to happiness. And then it was kind of like bouncing around that roughly that level kind of little blips up and down.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. It's uh
0: yeah. That, I wish feels like, that that resonates for you too. That's yeah,
1: interesting. I mean it's tricky because it's like things are good, you know what I mean. And I I wouldn't trade really like what I have now for like working at a company before I started doing this or or whatever. And I I'm grateful for what I have, and I like that I'm comfortable. I like that I have a lot of flexibility. I like that I can like most of the time like choose what. I get to work on and stuff like that, but there's always like hard stuff still, you know, like there's always hard things to deal with. And, and as the company like grows and gets like more quote unquote, like real, if that makes sense, you know, and has like more people depending on us and more staff and, and whatever, like those are harder problems sometimes too. And, and more draining problems and um Mm -hmm. so happiness is a weird word um because i wouldn't say that like i get happier as like the business improves or grows or 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 whatever Mm -hmm. i think i have moments of happiness you know what i mean but i wouldn't say there's Mm -hmm. like any there's no like trend you know and there was definitely big moments of major unhappiness like you mentioned like those stick out more But my moments of happiness are a little more, it's like when we like release something and we're really proud of it and we get it out the door and there's like a big dopamine hit. Maybe that happiness isn't even the right word to describe that. You know, that's when I probably smile and laugh the most, you know what I mean? (laughs) Mm -hmm. But my like steady state happiness, like I, uh, I'll say like stepping back meta point, it's probably the takeaway here is like your business is not like the thing that like is magically going to like set that for you. I don't think. I think that's like a bigger personal problem to to solve. I think you have to f- figure out how to be happy separately. You know what I mean? I don't mm. I don't think like business success or structuring your business in a certain way or getting to some milestone with your business is some magic bullet that gives you happiness. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it's really yeah. easy to just always be unhappy, I would say, because there's always like we were just talking about like there's always stuff to do there's always stuff that's unsolved and i'll say like probably the time i was the least happy at the company was like before we brought on jonathan who's kind of like our third partner that joined the company like uh, almost maybe it's 2 years ago now and before that i felt like so much responsibility was entirely on my shoulders for just like keeping everything working at the company i felt like i couldn't really i couldn't really go on vacation i couldn't really like miss a message in discord you know i felt like i had to just be like dialed in all all the time Mm. and um i just felt like i had no support you know in terms of just like being able to just like make sure nothing broke and and we have the simplest business technology wise ever and it still just felt like a lot of burden to carry you know Mm -hmm. and after we brought him on a lot of those problems went away, I felt like, okay, I've got someone else who might see a problem before I see it now, you know, and deal with it mm-hmm. without me ever finding out about it. And someone who I can like, say, I'm going away with my family for a week, and make sure nothing breaks, you know, and like, really be able to count on that person. And um, yeah, that changed a lot. But all that really did was like, drag me out of this, like, really deep pit of like, extreme unhappiness and extreme stress into like normal unhappiness and stress you know what I mean (laughs) where it's like okay interesting so now I can be like unhappy about and maybe unhappy is not the right word still but there's still problems you know it's still like what do we build next why do we build this over this um it feels like there's so much to build that like this is something I was just venting about to Steve the other day was like it feels like there's like an infinite amount of stuff to do to the point where sometimes I feel like why do anything because like I'm not putting a dent in like the list of mm. things to do. I might as well not work today because like there's still going to be an infinite amount of things. Like infinity minus one is infinity. You know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. what's the point? You know, that's kind of like mm. how I feel often. Honestly, like you're just getting overwhelmed by stuff like that. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll let you talk.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, did you feel, um, it seemed like it resonated with you, like the big step change was just like, oh, I can do my own thing. Like I don't have to work for somebody else now. I can like make my own business and it's working enough that like I don't think I'm going to have to stop this. I feel like that that actually was a big happiness jump that was like this is cool like now I feel like I'm on the path I want to be on and like have like been kind of dreaming about for a long time
1: I agree I just think you get accustomed to it and you just like get back to yeah the same well like not quite the same like obviously when you just like spend even like a millisecond like I acknowledging your situation it's like my situation is good you know but yeah. I do remember yeah. like when I released my first book and I saw all these like gumro notifications coming in and stuff like it was, I felt like a changed human being, you know what I mean? That was like insane. I can't even explain. Exactly. That's the best word for it. Like I can't even, it it was, I, I never could have like imagined like how, yeah, euphoric is like the right word, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I've never really had that feeling again since then, even though everything else has been like a bigger success and, and because that was like the change, you know what I mean? But again, it's, you know, hedonic treadmill type of stuff you do just get used to like current situation take it all for granted and start dwelling on the problems that do remain you know mm-hmm. um i saw a tweet from jason freed like years ago that i pulled up again yesterday in response to like aaron's thread which was something like business is like one of the few things that like doesn't get easier the longer you do it it actually gets harder like the longer you run the business the bigger it gets the more people there are the more customers there are um it doesn't ever like get weird? easier. It just gets it just gets harder and harder, but you are just still able to manage it. You know what I you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Apple is a fucking harder business than like our businesses. You know what I mean? It has to be.
0: Yeah. <laughs> totally. And like everything just adapts to like whatever like numbers you're looking at or goals you've set for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so like if Apple only makes like 1.2 billion in profit, this year they're like tim cook is probably up up at night being like god damn it this sucks like yeah you're trying to hit this different target and oh man uh-huh. Let's just add a bunch of zeros or you know change your perspective and like i think we're pretty we're pretty good at just kind of like being happy-ish yeah
1: things just get more complex over time right and that's harder
0: yeah it is an interesting thing about yeah your business does feel like it gets harder as it's more successful and it doesn't feel like it necessarily gets more fun. No, I don't Um, think so. So I think, I think when Andrew's like, Oh, you've accomplished the bootstrappers dream. It's like, yeah, I I get how like before, like if you're, if you don't have enough revenue to support yourself or you're really struggling to grow something or whatever, like I can totally see how being like, Oh, being further along is totally my dream. And I totally get that. And like, I dream about different revenue numbers and like, Mm -hmm. you know, different growth things and all that. Um, but it, i guess when you get here it doesn't feel like a dream by default yeah
1: i'm kind of itching to talk about this like uh selling the company question now but maybe we should maybe we could do like an episode separately on it although i might not have enough for an okay. episode but just like this conversation has it? got I'll I'll, I'll I'll pitch you on just like the just, just do it yeah the note here which is like Anytime have, I think hard about selling the company. Like one of the biggest things that makes me not want to do it is it feels like, is that me admitting to myself that running a business is not for me? You know? Hmm. Um, and that feels like a major uh. failure and like point of shame. I couldn't do it. Interesting. I couldn't keep doing it. You know what I mean? I had to like get out.
0: Is that, why does that feel like failure instead of success?
1: I think to me, the real reason for selling would not be for some big financial outcome because i don't really need that and obviously like if someone's gonna be a billion dollars i'll take it but like any realistic sale i don't think is going to be like life-changing i think it's going to go from like you have 10 million in the bank to you have 40 million in the bank like that's better but it's not like my life is different you know right um
0: you only need so many minivans.
1: I can only buy so many minivans. Yeah, they are supply constrained, which is honestly the real problem. But uh, <laughs> the uh, the real reason for me would be like I'm tired. You know, I yeah. want to break. This is hard, and yeah. selling for those reasons to me feels like, oh, I guess you just weren't cut out for this. Then you, know, you want to be entrepreneur loser. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's, that's like funny. that's huh. the that's the story that I tell that's myself that makes me want to be like fuck that i need to figure out how to be better at running a company and making it a place that i am really happy to be
0: yeah that's that's an interesting take like if you sell the company it's an admission that you couldn't figure out how to make it a thing you wanted to stay at is that, the, is that the feel? I think
1: that's somewhat specific to me because I think a lot of people start companies with the goal of eventually getting it to a point where they can sell it. You know what I mean? Sure. So yeah, then yeah, it's like, okay, you. you achieved what you, like you said to achieve and maybe now you're going to go start another company. But for me, it would be like, get me the fuck out of here. I'm not starting another company after this because I don't want to be back in that same position. And that's where it feels like kind mm-hmm. of like uh, an admission of inadequacy or something
0: you know interesting it might be an interesting thought exercise to probably for both of us is like okay if you did sell the business and you started a new thing what are the rules you would set for yourself to make sure that you're enjoying it now that money was taken 100 percent out of the equation and like which of those things can you actually just do now
1: yeah it would be interesting to think about that it's a hard question <laughs> honestly <laughs> But uh, maybe it's a good one for another. I
0: feel like you're walking this direction already.
1: I'm trying. I am trying for I sure. It seems like sure. you. Yeah. Um, but uh, sometimes I still just kind of feel like, man, it would be easier if I could just like throw in the towel. Like that's what selling feels like. If I was going to distill into one thing, it's like tap out, you know, like yeah. um, interesting. that's what selling is. It's the business tap out. Huh. It's not like the success interesting.
0: to me. Yeah, that's interesting. That, it, it, I don't quite have that same feeling. No, I think for me, if it would feel more like I'm done with this thing, like I I don't want to think about this problem anymore. Yeah. 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 It would feel less like, oh, man, I couldn't figure out how to make this fun forever and more just like, yeah, I don't know. Like I did it for a while and it's not as as interesting as it used to be. So,
1: yeah, I guess to me specifically, it's like, you know what? I don't want to like be responsible for corporate tax returns, even though it's outsourced to like an accountant, it's still my problem. You know, I don't want to be responsible for legal bullshit. It's even though it's outsourced to a lawyer, it's still my problem. You know, I don't want to be responsible for like the happiness of the people that work for me. You know, I don't want to be, uh, I, 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 like one thing I hate about being a leader is feeling like the motivation and like energy of the whole team is like directly connected to the motivation and energy of me. And if I just like, want to be kind of like slow for a while, I can't do that and not expect everyone else to like adopt the same sort of like a level of energy. You know what I mean? Cause it all feels like it has to come from me. So if I'm just like not feeling it, I have to fake it, you know? Hmm. And, uh, I wonder how true that is. I don't know. I don't know for sure, but, uh, I think it's got to be a little bit true. I think people want to feel like the people they work for are are excited about the things that they're doing, and it's not that I'm not. And I and I right now it like stresses me out to have even said that sentence because people who work for me like listen to the podcast. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So totally.
0: It seems like in your model selling, you would in this this future you're contemplating um, or sort of like hypothesizing. Selling would mean you're not starting something else later. You're just like, I'm throwing the talent on business because business isn't very fun, so I'm out. Does that is that right?
1: Maybe not business, but at least company building. Does that make sense?
0: Company building. Something bigger than yourself or like you and a co-founder or two, basically?
1: Yeah. Like business as in like maybe I'll write a book and sell it on Gumroad, you know? Yeah. But not yeah. like business as in I'll do like one-on-ones and team retreats and... Mm-hmm. conferences and c- deliver critical feedback and uh you know like whatever
0: yeah I hear you,
1: yeah, I don't know what I would do i I think if I was like gonna actually like hit the eject button or or whatever like I have no ideas to do other business stuff I've mm. no idea I have no real motivation to like learn any programming stuff. Like I think I would just like buy a drum kit and play drums for like six hours a day and get good at that. Hmm. That's like the closest thing I can think of to something I would actually want to do.
0: I wonder if you would do that actually.
1: I think I literally would. Honestly, I could easily see myself just I've since I was like a kid, man, I've always wanted to be a drummer, but like I just couldn't have a drum kit at my house. You know what I mean? Very few parents will like tolerate the drum kit You know, and uh, we just didn't have the space for it or anything. And uh, so I play guitar instead, but I've always wanted to be a drummer instead, you know. Hmm. Um,
0: Interesting. Yeah, I I think I think of this a little bit differently because I feel like if I did exit my company, I still feel like there would just be another one in in my future at some point. mm -hmm. I do think I've sort of hit upon the thing that I want to spend my professional life doing. Like I do actually find like making a company work is really exciting or at least like making a product work. I think I'm have a little, I share a little bit of what your thing of like the company building part is interesting and fulfilling in a different way, but is maybe not quite as fun as like the scratching product. the itch for me yeah. of like making a product really good and feeling proud of the product.
1: Yeah, I agree with that
0: for sure. But I, I, I do think like, I can't picture myself like singing six hours a day and just be like, there we go. That's it. This is what I'm going to do with my days mostly now. Yeah something similar
1: yeah i don't know i like to make stuff and learn stuff you know um but i find running a company is like sapping a lot of my energy for even learning stuff like some of my Mm. like funnest memories in recent years have been like little times where i like accidentally found myself learning something new and remembered how much i liked learning things like um i was making a video for like a tailwind release and i wanted to add a little animation to the beginning and i started learning like Apple motion and learning how to make like animated bumper videos and stuff. And like, that was like the first time. And it's pro I probably haven't even done it since that. I like brought my laptop downstairs with me so I could keep reading something on the couch, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and like finding tutorials and, and whatever, like getting, mm. getting lost in the rabbit hole and being that's, excited about something. Uh,
0: that sounds like something you could do now though, to me, find more laptop moments.
1: Yeah. Uh, maybe. But then, like, how's the work getting done, you know, (laughs) at the company? I don't know.
0: Delegation.
1: Yeah, it's not as simple as it sounds when you're Uh, trying to delegate, (laughs) like, the stuff that you are uniquely good at that got the company to, like, where you are.
0: Yep, Um, I am familiar. (laughs) So,
1: so, uh, unhappy, you know, that's the... (laughs) that's where we are you know it's good life is good but uh you know there's always problems and
0: it's a complex reality like it's got ups and downs and it's it's not uh it's not a dreamland yeah but i think there's things we can do to like improve how it is and also improve our appreciation for what is there i agree like change the perspective there i agree Good place cool. to wrap up. Well, we got philosophical. Yeah, this was fun. It's interesting to go. <laughs> this is fun. Ooh. Off, <laughs> <laughs> off the the beaten path and get a little. Uh, yeah, no, I,
1: I think that was good. It, we kind of kicked off some good, interesting conversations there. Um, mm-hmm. So, hopefully, people yeah. find it interesting. It's less. There's some value handouts, but also a lot of just uh, reflection. You know, um, I think
0: that's. I think that's worth something. I actually kind of enjoy that more than like, here's my five lessons or here's things you should do. It's Kind of like listen to two people, talk about the realities of a situation and kind of learn from indirectly from those things. Maybe just, maybe just treat us as a cautionary tale. Yeah. If nothing else.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Cool. All right. Cool, man. Well, good chatting. (laughs) Yeah. I enjoyed it. Therapeutic. Um, Good. See you next time. See ya.